Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had a very shiny nose. It proved to be a tactical disadvantage because it enabled me to punch him in the dark. <laughs> Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the doctor as he travels the vortex on episode number 156. Merry Christmas, everyone. I'm Keith. And God bless us. I'm Sean. Everyone. <laughs> I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Good. Really good. I am filled with the everlasting joy that is Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lying. I Did you can't work today? that up at all. <laughs> <laughs> what have you guys been up to? Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. <laughs> For me, since I work on Wednesdays, Christmas. Yeah. Wednesday is Christmas. Since I work on Wednesday, since I work on Wednesday, we're staying home, so we decided to do our Christmases early, and so we did them this weekend. So yesterday, went to my parents, and we celebrated with my parents and my sister and her two kids, and I got some really good Doctor Who goodness. Um, I got the uh, character builders. Um, TARDIS box with the variant sets of the all of the doctors. Well, 11 of them. And uh, I got a really cool alarm clock that lights up, and when you push the button, it displays the time on the ceiling, which I brought with me. And I Do you have a cottage cheese ceiling? I think I do, yeah. Oh, okay. Cottage just, cheese. We call it popcorn ceiling. Oh, popcorn works, too. It so works fine. Oh, no, you, we don't have. We don't have popcorn ceilings at my house now that I think about it. But we it's don't. Hard to we tell we, since we do on. not have popcorn. We do downstairs, but we don't up in the upstairs. So. Um, and then I also got season seven Ooh. on DVD. And then today we went over to Kansas City and spent Christmas with Holly's family. And so her dad and stepmom and her sister and uh, brother-in-law and their four or three kids. Uh, all got together and we had uh, dinner tonight and open gifts after that. No Doctor Who goodness there. Uh, we got a gift card, so I'll use that for Doctor Who. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then tonight we obviously celebrated our traveling the vortex uh, Christmas tonight. Open yeah. gifts from each other. We didn't do crackers. Were we supposed to do oh, crackers? Oh no, we were going to do it on the podcast. Oh, that's right. on. Doing it on the show. So and tonight, should I wait until you guys talk about your gifts, or should I just say no? Go for it. I'll move all my stuff. Sure, Sorry. I've got all this stuff piled on me. Oops. And then uh, from Keith and Sarah, I got the Doctor Who <laughs> rattle, the rattle, and boom, 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 Guide to the Best <laughs> Ship in the Universe. And actually, Keith informed me that he was actually going to get that for me for my birthday, but they didn't have it. We were out. And I have the Dalek handbook, the companion book to that. And then... Uh, uh, Sean and Mel couldn't put my hand uh, got me uh, the uh, book behind the sofa uh, it's uh, celebrity memories of Doctor Who and if I remember right this was a charity book right it's going to Alzheimer's research I think the proceeds to these go to Alzheimer's I don't remember research. yeah I think that's I right. think you might be right so um, Sounds and what good. they did is uh, oh yeah there's an Alzheimer's on the back is there oh yeah Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's uh, research yeah. UK there you go defeating dementia and uh, what was the author's name? I can't remember. The guy that compiled this. 
but basically what he did is he it's got probably on the cover. several, several, like Julian Glover was one of them he talked to, um, Stephen Merchant, Ian, McGill- Ian McMillan, uh, Neil Gaiman, just a, a ton of people uh, sent in there uh, <coughs> recounting their memories of Doctor Who, and it's, it's set out, and yeah, I'm looking real quick. There's a oh, hey, oh, that's look. where those went. <laughs> I, uh, I I did flip through the book while I was at work on many a lunch break, and there are some wonderful little uh, anecdotal stories. And oh, Steve Berry was the editor. Uh, right. You know who He's else was in there? The guy who axed the show. Oh, is that right? Uh, <laughs> St- uh, uh, Great guard, whatever his name is. Phil Gray. Yeah. 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 He's in there. So. That one was, was well. I've been reading interesting. some interesting stuff lately that really he wasn't the villain that we've all made him out to oh, be. Oh, he he fully claims the villain status, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that he it was there were a lot more factors due to him, but every, but everybody's able to kind of direct them to him as the as the ultimate. Anyway, Sean uh, Mill also got me a. Uh, he is as much to blame for that as Bruce Ismay is for the sinking of the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> It still hasn't gone back to... I guess because it needs to be cold. Maybe put, maybe, cold maybe put cold in and it turns... Yeah, turn yeah there you go. Yeah. Um, but a really cool uh, Doctor Who and then uh, TARDIS uh, shot glass. And it, ch- it color changes. As yeah, we could break out the scotch finishes. and you could try it. Yeah. <laughs> and then a really cool retro poster that's actually from the 1970s of Tom Baker. I need somebody to take a picture of it. Like that. I'm going to hold it? Yeah. Or you want to take a picture with it? I don't want to be holding it. I'll take the picture. Okay, then give me your phone. You know how to work it? Pull up the camera. I, I like how we do these things right in the middle of the Yeah, camera. that's <laughs> We didn't think of it ahead of uh, We didn't. I, mean, I actually did think of it, but I got distracted. So. Well, Glenn gave uh, Mel and myself some uh, wonderful uh, uh, gift card for uh, our Regal Cinema, so uh, we will be enjoying a movie on his go. dime at some point in time down the road. And Keith and Sarah gave me a lovely, I cannot wait to open it and play with it, uh, puzzle of the, it's that one image of the uh, the 50th anniversary image, but it's all of the doctors and the yeah. kind of gray vortex background, which I think is very cool and I love it. And I can't wait to do that puzzle. So I'm excited. Glenn also got me a gift card to our local theater. And Sean got me, Sean and Mel got me uh, the Cyberman bust. An illustrated book. <laughs> he did that. I knew what it was, but it's not like the Cyberman bus. bus. I was thinking of the word for it. Bob. <laughs> I thought he was going to come out with Bob. Cyberman Bob. Bob bus. That's his name now. He's Bob. missing his arms now. <laughs> uh, um, uh, one of the shot glasses and a gift card to a local coffee shop. So thank you guys very much. Thank you. Guys and Sean got the coffee shop right. Yes, he did. <laughs> there was much trepidation. I think you had confusion. Did you have to get some help, though? You reached out. I, 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 had to reach, out for help. I had to reach out to Top City Batman and say, where do you work again? <laughs> <laughs> Did you do anything else fun this week, Lynn? No, that's pretty much it. It's enough fun for another year. Oh, should, should, we, should we do crackers since crackers. we're discussing Christmas? Yeah, let's do Yay. it. Yay. Uh, uh, this <laughs> way. This way. All right. right. Am, am I wrong? No, you're yeah, right. You're good. Okay. One, One two, two, three. three. See, and I end up with yours. No, I ended up with your. No, I ended up with yours. And you ended up with mine. Why does that work that way? That's, that's the way they do it. Oh, this is mine. I guess we should have just kept the ones we ended up with, and then that would have been even. That might be how they random. do it. Maybe I don't know. I think yours flew Wait, over there. Going, what? <laughs> Somebody flew over Some there. Of it did, not all of it. 
My prize went over there. I got a lousy paperclip. Again? Again. <laughs> Did you get that last time? <coughs> I'm going to hook it on the end of my computer so okay. it can say, do you need help with something? Replace the uh, Santa hat with the paper crown. Where's my crown? Can't go along to it. Oh, I got these are actually leftover crackers from last year. Uh, you're not supposed to say that. You're supposed to say, I went out and got these three specially for you guys. Hey, look, my crown's the same color. Hey! I have two TARDIS blue crowns and... TARDIS blue. Yellow. Uh, no, gold, because I am the king. Uh-huh. Blue. Where do ghosts go swimming? I don't know. Where do ghosts go swimming? The Dead Sea! <laughs> and, and look, there's a charade op, uh, suggestion. Guess what's on it? Doctor Who TV. Really? Fittingly. What did I get? I got... Oh, that uh, is too awesome. What do you get from a pampered cow? I give up, Mr. Fudd. What do you get from a pampered cow? Spoiled milk. (laughs) And my charade was a movie, The Iron Lady. Ah. uh, I I guess this is a uh, cell phone pendant thing. You got the same thing. Yeah. Apparently they're matching except for... Yeah, you know, they used to have these that you would put on your antenna. No. No. I have no idea what you're talking about. They made some Doctor Who ones. Did they really? Yeah. All right. I think it's for old school Nokias. Oh. <laughs> well, this does us no good because nope. we don't have antennas on our phones. They still sell them, too. I don't know why. Who invented fireworks? The Chinese. No. <laughs> some bright spark. Uh, uh, and uh, my charade movie is The Blind Side. That's actually kind of cool. I mean, I don't know what you'd put it on. Well, you know, you could uh, <coughs> team those up and give them to the girls as earrings. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> or I could just put it on my. Uh, or you could, or you, or you could use it as a bauble. And as promised last week on the show, since we made such a to-do about the digestives, Christmas goodies, Christmas Yay! cookies. Did you make tea? I did not. You didn't make tea. I can make coffee. We're supposed to have tea with our biscuits. I went yeah, it's and picked way up, past tea time anyway. So. I went and picked up some uh, digestives. Mm. Now with more chocolate. Now with more chocolate. And it's dark chocolate, so. And it's actually McVitie's digestives. Mm. So here's another food sampling challenge here on Traveling the Vortex. Those are pretty good. Crumbly, but good. Hmm. I'll hold it up. Bit inside. Hmm? There you go. So you can see that there's a bite on it. And it's a biscuit. I think those would even be pretty tasty without chocolate. It's, kind of, it's not a graham cracker crust, but it's, a, um, it's that consistency. It also tastes like... Um, what does it taste like? It's Keebler cookies. The fudge stripes. Yeah, yeah kind of like a fudge stripe. Riveting audio right I don't there. mind them, they're good. Yeah. Um, These are not going to help me digest anything. Well, let's talk about... <laughs> Well, I was talking about how British foods are less, not quite as sweet as American foods. And one of the things I don't like about American cookies is they're often too sweet. So I actually like these because they're kind of more subdued. 
Like, they, would, they, would really well with, they would go well with coffee, too. They would go well with coffee. Yeah. Wait. I'm digesting much better. Right? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I, I dig them. That's good. They fell over. <clears throat> Sean, what did you do? Aside from tonight's festivities. Well... We um, we took care of Mel, who got sick mm-hmm. with the flu. So I've been uh, babysitting her all week and trying like mad not to get it myself. <clears throat> I'm not sure exactly how successful I've been. <laughs> so all of you listening tonight, or this afternoon, or this morning, whenever you're tuning into us, you're now infected. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy that. That comes from Kansas. <clears throat> um, I worked a lot. Uh, both at the store because you know it's the week before Christmas and it's retail and That's right. <laughs> can't handle it anymore. <laughs> and um, sounds ready for Christmas to come and go. People keep asking me, "Are you ready for Christmas?" I'm ready for Christmas to be over. <laughs> <laughs> two more days, two more days, two more days. Keep telling myself that. And then, um, <coughs> excuse me, I have, I have a digestive stuck in my throat. I think. <laughs> And then uh, I worked a lot on my uh, my internship. I have four of the seven videos completely finished, uploaded, and and off to the races. And, oh, good. So nice. and they're, they're zeroing in on so getting that's coming this around project well, done. Yeah. Good. And then uh, I did manage to sneak in a couple of movies, mainly while I was waiting for things to <laughs> render and upload. Uh, I watched um, The Wolverine. Oh, what do oh, you think? I saw that, too. It was pretty good. Yeah. I need to see that stuff. Until the end. It kind of suffers from we've got to go a little over the top syndrome, yeah. but I still was okay with that. Yeah. I mean, it was still was it was good. Well, it was borderline believable. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I mean, because I'll be honest, when when they get to that moment, my first reaction was, "Oh, holy crap!" <laughs> because that's that's a really cool, you know, dun 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 there. But then seeing the dun 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 in action, actually doing some stuff was kind of. Then, then it began to raise all those science fiction questions that the, that part of my brain I can't quite shut off is going. Mm-hmm. How does that work? So, <laughs> and I'm curious now where they're going to go from there with the with the way that ended. But I kind of wonder the same thing. So I yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Um, and I wonder if Hugh Jackman, when he you know signed up to be Wolverine, you know when they offered him the deal two, in the year two thousand. <laughs> Did he, could he possibly have imagined he'd still be doing it all these years later? I don't know. Probably not. I wouldn't think now, so. You heard his last interview. He said that beyond Days of Future Past, he may not do any more Wolverine. Oh, he'll come back. So I'd be okay if they put him out, put them into rest for a while. What's Mel's Twitter handle? Ink for Unihu. Unihu. That's what I could have inked for. Ink. Ink. No. I N K four. That's why it's not coming up. Okay. Unihu. And then, um, what was the other one I watched? I watched it, well, uh, complete side note, I watched a really cool documentary called It's All True, which is uh, based on an unfinished film of Orson Welles. That was really fascinating. I've never heard of that. Um, I'll tell you more about that off mic. What was the other one that I watched? I don't know, you haven't told Um, me. I'm pulling up your Facebook to see if you posted on about it. I may have. I may have done the, the, the get glue boy, boycott. With, yeah, with Cause I didn't post that Wolverine. going on. Um, well, you let me know what I watched. And <laughs> what did you do this week, Keith? Uh, 
Hold on, I'm scrolling through. I don't think it was an Oscar winner. <laughs> from last year. <laughs> hey, I actually watched from movies from 2013. Maybe. No, wait. I think <laughs> He's second-guessing himself now. Oh, but one of them isn't. Uh, earlier this week, I watched Seven Psychopaths. Oh, I was in. Have you seen that? I haven't seen it. Glenna, you haven't? Mm-hmm. It's really enjoyable. I wanted to see it's it. It's a lot of fun. The closest thing I can compare it to is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. That's what it was. Oh, did you, you watch, watch that, that too? I didn't, didn't watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. No, but you just reminded me what I did. And you watch. watched that oh, this week too, right? Uh, yeah. You, know, you watched Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, yeah, because I introduced Sarah to it on Saturday night. See, that's an appropriate Christmas movie. She wasn't as, as fond of it as I am, but. It's got RDJ in it. She liked RDJ in it, and she liked Val Comer in it. She. I think it was just a little dark for her Christmas time. I suppose time that's taste. true. She's, yeah. she's got the kind of sensitive. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching it again and laughed a lot. And there were a lot of moments in Seven Psychopaths that made me laugh a lot. Uh, Colin Farrell, right? Some, somebody's dragging a dead body down the <laughs> stairs outside. Colin Farrell's the Irishman, right? Yes. Okay. Him, he and Christopher Walken, fantastic chemistry together. And Sam Rockwell throwing somebody down the stairs <laughs> I think you had that is hilarious in it. Did you just drop a digestive? You just drop a digestive. Food? Well, I guess you're gonna have to eat it. Uh, so I highly recommend that. It is rated R, so keep that in mind. It is about seven psychopaths, and it, it's very well, very well done. Uh, I did not expect what goes on in, like it's set up where this guy's trying to write a st- story about seven psychopaths. He's writing a screenplay about it, but he doesn't want them to really be psychopaths. He's tired of writing about violence. And so, like, they, he says, I don't want to do this anymore. And so the movie stops doing this and just goes off and does something else <laughs> because it's, it's really, really good. They end up in the desert at one point, and I really enjoyed it. And then we also watched The Five-Year Engagement, which oh, we've been getting around to. I don't think I've heard of that it's one. Different. It's the Emily Blunt's Jason Siegel. You helped write and direct, or write and produce it. It's not ringing any bells with me. It's essentially a couple, and their attempts to get married and their delays, etc. It's more, much more of a drama than a comedy. Mm-hmm. And there are some funny moments. It's got Chris Pat, Pratt and Allison Brie in it also. Okay, but it, 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 I really enjoyed it. It's very, very different. It's not your usual. Uh, "Quote unquote romantic comedy." Okay, that was about it. We did, did a bit more Christmas shopping and stayed home from the blizzard. <laughs> Snowmageddon. All yeah, three inches. Didn't end up being that bad. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> wasn't that bad. You, what else did you? Elysium. Oh, the, the, how's the, that? The Matt Damon one. You know, I I went into this and I, w- I was a little uncertain about it because uh, throwing back to uh, District Nine. Like, the previews for District 9 really left me with zero desire to watch District 9. But everybody kept raving about how good District 9 is. So I sat down and watched it, and I really liked it. Well, the previews for Elysium kind of left me with that same, eh, mm-hmm. it's a Matt Damon sci-fi movie with an exosuit. I just don't care. Well, the selling point was the fact that, hey, it's the same guy from the, that, the District that's 9. Exactly yeah, that's exactly it. Well, you could tell they, they, the, when they did the trailers. That's what they were was, hooking you yeah. with. Yeah. Well, but see, I didn't think so. I didn't honestly know that it was Neil Blokamp until, uh, until much, much, yeah. much later. And so I was like, oh, well, I like District 9, and I, I like what Neil Blomkamp did. So, okay, I'll, I'll run it for that. And kind of the same reaction. The the, the the preview trailer, it's really not what this movie's about. Uh, yeah, that happens a lot. I haven't seen it, but that happens a lot. And I can see that. 
it, it feels a lot like District Nine, but it's 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 a very very <laughs> good movie, and there's a lot of um, there are moments that Sarah obviously will not she won't like. There's there's some blood. I don't know if she was even interested in that one. It's not so much blood bothered her. Well, depending the, on the reason. For well, the that's blood. just it. There, there, there's some really there's cool some fight sequences, blood. and there's some. Well, it's not even gratuitous. It's just that you know you've she really is. struck a chord when Mel and I both jump off the couch and go, "Oh!" <laughs> <laughs> and there were several of those moments in this movie. It all depends on how the blood is used. Like we tonight at shows, we watched uh, Remedial Chaos series, the community episode. Okay. And everyone, including Sarah, was cracking up when Pierce got shot in the leg. Well, but that's because we all want to see Pierce get shot. I mean, come on. So it's all in how it's how it's, it's, how it's used. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, it was it was a very good, uh, very good movie. I enjoyed it immensely, and I was really surprised. And um, I wound up owning it now. So if you want oh, to borrow, I'd like it. to borrow that. Yeah. Yeah. I will. I will loan it to you. But I yeah, still need I to borrow it. Hitchcock. Oh yeah, I need to bring that for you. Don't I? I need to get in line for that too. I loved Hitchcock. It was so good. Okay, enough about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but no more talking about Oscar movies. Well, that wasn't nominated. Yeah. Hitchcock was, though. No, was it? Uh, was not it? for Best Picture, but... Oh, oh here I go. I'm just going to go down that aisle there. <laughs> but it, it picked up some nods. You know what we should do a whole the show on? I didn't realize Jim Rash had been nominated, or won an Oscar. Who's Jim Rash? The Dean. Oh, yeah, he, he he's got a writing Oscar. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. For, I must have missed for that for part of the conversation. I think you're listening to your homework. Well, <laughs> 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 oh, there's nothing else. We'll move on to news. Let's do it. Let's move, move on, on to news. news. Moving on up, moving on up to the news page. Moving on up. So on top of the 30-second trailer we talked about last week, there's a minute-long trailer now. <laughs> and that's the BBC American one, right? Yes. Yes. If you're not going to eat this digestive, I'm totally going to... Oh, help just, yourself, yeah. Just, I'm <laughs> there's pouncing more. all over it. I know, but... So, it's Four-second rule, I picked it up sitting before. here taunting me. Four-second rule, I picked it up Our floor's fairly clean. It's fair to eat. you got to read the move. There's, I, I just did. There's a trailer. We're not going to play the trailer. Right, no, we're going to talk about it. Video. Sean, what'd you think? Weeping angel. More, uh, sorry. More, more intriguement for the uh, upcoming special. I, yeah, I, I saw it and went, okay. I haven't watched it yet. Wet my taste a little huh. bit more. So, I'm trying. I'm really trying hard to remain spoiler free and. Once again, I read something yeah. online, and I didn't want to, and for, I didn't mean to. And it's like, oh, I hope this does not mean what I'm beginning to me, think it means. For being a minute long, it really didn't give up more than any of the other things mm-hmm. we've seen before. Um, there's a couple more longer shots of somebody who I'm suspecting is somebody, and so maybe I have spoiled myself. <laughs> <laughs> now that I think about it. <laughs> Are you talking about the lady with the stripe across her face? Yeah, that might be what I'm talking about. I don't think that's who you think it is. Okay, good. I don't know who you think it is. <laughs> I don't know who you think it is, but, but I don't think well, it's who you think it is. At least according to the publicity. Ah, okay. Well, yes, it's someone from his past. It's who you think it is. It's someone new. That's what I suspect. But All right. Well, we'll what see. else? Well, there's, there's, some good, there's some cool stuff in there. Uh, there's a nice callback to... Um, the God Complex. There's shots yes, from the God Complex. Yeah, so it looks like there. we're going to tackle what was in Room 11. Yep. 
It looks very exciting. Well, I'll say we're going to wrap up a lot of the mysteries. Of- and very Am I sad. The person who totally believes that it, it, it was the war doctor was in that room. I need to go back and rewatch the episode. What the reaction I say, he opens the door and goes, "Oh, of course, it had to be you," and he's almost disappointed that that's what is he's you know his greatest fear is that he became. It, it totally made sense after I watched Fifty. He's like, "That's what was in the room. I that solved." Maybe I'll just confirm that. I don't know. Maybe maybe John hurts in it. <laughs> um, maybe it's Peter Capaldi. That's who was in the room. Oh, maybe it is. And that would be his greatest fear is his next regeneration. Yeah, his next regen. But how, but how would he know who it was? If you, if you went in, you don't know what you're going to look That's like, true. what you're going to be. There's a big number 12 over his head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wait, maybe 14. not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they also have released details for the time of the Doctor... Blu-ray and DVD release, which will hit March 4th. When? March 4th in the U.S. Oh, man, that's a long wait. January, like, 20th in the U.K. Way. For a Christmas special. Are you going to buy it? Probably. You're going to wait and see if it gets I'm, added? I, I mean, the, I the thing with this one, and, and this happened with, I think, the Christmas Carol, um, is you'll have it for a long time oh, before no, you get a Doctor's box the Widow and the Wardrobe. Doctor, Widow, and Wardrobe. Because that okay. came out, what, in 2011? Yeah. And the DVD probably... March 2012, and then we didn't get the set till this year. So you'll have it for a long time. So I, to me, it's not a wasted purchase, honestly. And then, you, you know. <laughs> Except how many times am I going to go back and rewatch this? It, 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 well, uh, <laughs> maybe it'll blow, your, blow you away, and you maybe. might. Maybe it'll be uh, just the best episode ever, and you'll say, I, you know, even though Matt leaves. It's the greatest episode ever what's, until what's, the last five minutes. I'll just stop it. I'll just stop the last it. five minutes. There, Whenever if I, I shut the like, DVD off, it never then happened. he won't regenerate. It'll get up to dun dun quick. Look, I saved the <laughs> look, I saved the doctor every time I watch this. Chrissy, I fixed Caves of Adrizani for you. <laughs> uh, I've built myself a styrofoam key to time so that I can feel like it's a little more interactive, and I create a time loop, and I just hit rewind. It's gonna be a decent price uh, suggested uh, for the Blu-ray is twenty. So it'll only be one disc. <coughs> yeah, it is, it is only one disc. Uh, Fifteen for the DVD. There are the bonus features include. That tells of, me they're going to put it on a box set. I don't know. These bonus features are long. Well, <laughs> but that tells me that they want they want to get some uh, uh, traction. Yeah, traction out of it so that they'll uh-huh. yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, bonus features include Time of the Doctor Behind the Lens, uh, Farewell to Matt Smith, an hour-long special looking back at his tenure as a doctor, and then the Tales from the TARDIS, a look back at the full 50-year history, which looks, it's a different title than what's on the 50th look back, so I'm assuming it's different. Mm. I'm Dear, assuming it's the like one that's aired two. before. Dear BBC, we love the Behind the Lens features. They're very cool. But you know what? They used to be called Doctor Who Confidential. <laughs> and that was really cool, too. Just saying. Bring them back, please. So that's coming, too. There you go. Well, we had some big announcements recently, too. Con announcements. Con announcements. Con! <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of which... Uh... Locally, 
our area con. Con's coming? <laughs> It'd be a miracle, wouldn't it? Which one? Mm, good question. Well, <laughs> might be kind of hard to get Ricardo <laughs> to a convention. That's but. what I was referring to being a miracle. <laughs> I don't know. It might be pretty It'd much a miracle a, to get Benjamin <laughs> or Benjamin. Benjamin. Dang it! We could probably, we could <laughs> probably doing get so Benjamin well too. Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> we got some big Star Trek guests coming. We did for Planet Comic? Pretty much a reunion. Uh, on top of Will Wheaton, who has already uh, announced that he was coming back. Marina Sirtis, is that his name? Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Gates McFadden, mm-hmm. Michael Dorn, mm-hmm. Jonathan Frakes, Lavar Burton. And Brent Spiner is co- are coming in addition to Will. So if you're keeping score at home, yes, the entire cast of Next Gen, minus seven of the Stewart, eight of the cast, is going to be at, at our. I wonder con. if they're Wouldn't working awesome on it. Oh. I, I wonder if it's not like a shush, shush, yeah, if they're yeah. working on it. Because to be quite honest with you, we have really good chance of him coming since Days of Future Past is coming out next year. Because that oh, is true. that. In fact, Fox might actually pay or subsidize Planet Comic Con to bring him there, knowing that they'll talk about Days of Future Past and it'll give them some run up and some publicity. So. That's true. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I bet if they do a separate panel just for Patrick Stewart, and, yeah. Fingers crossed. In fact, Planet Comic Con guys, if they're listening, maybe <laughs> and they hadn't thought of this. Hey, Kirk. If they had thought I know of this, some maybe guys they be willing to, uh, to, to moderate that Fox. panel. <laughs> maybe they should call 25th, 20th Century Fox and say, hey, can you help us out here with... Uh... Anyway. Just a thought. Yeah. That's very exciting, though. It's a huge for our con. It is huge. It's, it's I'm so excited to go to playing Comic-Con this year. So, No Doctor Who guests mentioned yet, but uh, we're still... Yet. We're well, still we're going to be there. Be, well... Yes, we will be. There. We haven't even mentioned yet. They haven't announced this. That's true. No Doctor Who celebrities. Yeah, we're, we're going to be there. We are far from celebrities. I am a legend in my own mind. You are. You're a cerebral celebrity. And I'm wearing a paper hat. <laughs> paper crown. Make it so. <laughs> I watched that Make It Snow video. Isn't that <laughs> awesome? That's, that is epic. The amount of editing that went into that, I really appreciate, oh. and all clips well, are different. Well, yeah, Sean's going to get to see a Doctor Who guest that's been announced recently. Oh yeah, it was kind of a, a big guest for Galley. A, a minor brouhaha erupted. Yes, what do we? What do you do that? Small name. What do you do that? Like what? Then? A minor brouhaha. Got after us for doing that, and he's like, "There's a little guest." That's a major guest. I'm very excited. It is it's huge. It's huge. Who is it? Tom Baker. <laughs> ha, fooled you, wasn't that big no. He got on a boat yesterday <laughs> He'll be there He'll be in LA in two months <laughs> A slow boat from England Not even two months, is it? It'll be less than two months Yeah, less now. than two months I should start saving <laughs> <laughs> Now that Christmas is He's over. hoping he gets his school check soon No, it'll come in January uh, so, <clears throat> marked that. Uh, Billy Piper Rose Tyler. The moment's coming. The yeah, moment is coming. The moment. the moment is coming. The moment has been prepared for. At Galley, but it has. <laughs> <laughs> so this is her first major appearance at a fan convention in North America. That is huge for Galley. That's Gally. really huge for Galley. Welcome, Billy. I know she listens to this oh, show. Yeah. So. 
Well, we, we'll soon we'll be able to call her friend of the show, Billy friend Piper. Friend of the show, Billy Piper. I expect you to get interviewed. That's going to make it really hard to choose who well, I need to bring back autographs for now. I'm still expecting you to go. Uh, <laughs> you haven't been yet. I know. It's... And I'm giving serious consideration taking next year off. So stars have to align really, really. Which would well. stink because neither then there'd only be one of us going then too because Keith and I can't go at the same time. So well, assuming one of us can go next year. Yeah, y'all, y'all well, gonna have figured sh- this out. I'm shoot for next year. So y'all's gonna have to figure this out because I really want to go to Chicago Tardis, and I don't. I just really don't think I can swing both in the same year. Mm, so. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind trying right. to go to L.I. Who next year either. Is that all they have? <laughs> Probably not. You know what? Let's just do they're the trifecta. I know they're doing one, but I don't think we're going to be able to make Let's it. just do the trifecta. I don't know. When is it? All three. Let's just do all three of them. And Gen Con. So we move on to feedback? And TimeGate. And TimeGate. And Dragon Con. Who's first in and feedback? First up, um, Michelle sent us a tweet. And letting us know that the Enemy of the World DVD, the different cover on the Enemy of the World DVD, is just a sleeve. Yay! So Sean is getting his cash together for you now, Michelle, <laughs> for you to uh, purchase <laughs> one. Since the, the, the other thing we wanted to know, Michelle, is uh, what's what the, spine the spine look like? Yeah. Oh, that's November 2. Sorry. <laughs> Elihu, yes. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's November. <coughs> I'll tell you what, if it's not within... 200 miles of here, I'm not going to more than just one. <laughs> if there's some within driving distance, then yeah, perhaps I'll go to a couple. See, next not, year I'm shooting for Gallup. What, what if we promised the year sisters, after next year? So that's true. What, that's what, what if we together. promised that we would discuss Days of Future Past on our podcast and we could get 20th Century Fox to subsidize our going? <laughs> there you go. You think that works? Yeah, they might buy I that. I mean, because we have so many <laughs> listeners, they'll go there. There's a there's a reach right there. We'll get we'll get the word out with those guys. <laughs> <laughs> Fox, you're doing it all wrong. You don't need to. You don't need to buy commercial time and put posters in subways. It's been done and it's tired. You need to go with the local boy podcast. That's how you get this. So, Michelle, thanks for sending us the tweet and the picture, and I'm excited that the uh, cover of the actual DVD is uh, more in line with what we already have. Yes. I'm, I'm curious what the Does it match your other ones is what we want to know. I'm curious about the spine. So, sure, take a picture of the spine and send it to us. But thank you for letting us know that. And, yes, I am still putting my list together. It'll probably be after Christmas that I, you know, wire you some funds. <laughs> All right. What's, who's next? Can I, can I drop box money? <laughs> <laughs> bit, bit, bit curtains. Scott. No wait, no wait. I'm wrong. Mark. You're wrong. Oh, You're see, wrong. I Mark. thought I knew what I was doing, and then you pulled that I out. Failure just, on my part. Just yanked the tablecloth right out <laughs> underneath me and said, "Balance." Sorry, I got excited about time gate. Yanked the puzzle out and wobbled it. Wobble, wobble, wobble. Mark writes, hey guys, due to a lot of work, a hectic social life, and a lot of writing on the side, I'm about three months behind on your podcast. I intend on catching up over Christmas, but this will be the most of your episodes I've ever listened to in one run. I started listening to your podcast the day after episode 10 was realized, then went on to listen to all 10 consecutively. So three months of episodes with four episodes per month means a well and awful lot of catching up to do. And I'm really looking forward to it. God, I've just realized that I was only 15 when I started listening to you guys, and I celebrated my 18th birthday three months ago. But time is all relative, I guess. On behalf of Traveling the Vortex, Mark, happy belated anniversary uh, birthday. 
wishes. <laughs> it sounded better in my head. <laughs> Does that make anyone else feel old? <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> that we've been doing this, that it doesn't realize that we've been doing this podcast that long. Yeah, Mark's legal. Wow. I've been legal for <laughs> four times over now. Five times over. <laughs> nearly five times over. Since we started the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he continues. I'm just sending this message to wish you and your listeners a Merry Christmas or a Happy Winter Festive Holiday, as I've heard it referred to in England lately. Mm. I just thought I'd let the three of you know that, in the most manly way possible, I love you all. And wish you a very well-deserved rest over the winter festive holiday. The same goes to Mel and Sarah and Holly, was it? It's been a while. I can't remember everybody's name. That is correct. (laughs) Anyway, that's it for me. I better go and mentally prepare myself for the end of Matt Smith's era as the doctor. (laughs) Good luck, Keith. From your number one (laughs) fans, Mark Lee and Donna. The reindeer, not the ginger. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Thanks, Mark. And happy winter festive holiday to you as well. And we love you also. Yes. In the manliest way possible. Up next is Scott. Up next is Scott. Scott from Philadelphia. Hi, Kansas crew. It's been a while since I wrote real-life work and all that, but I have been enjoying all the anniversary specials and events. Today, though, I wanted to write in to pay tribute to Matt Smith. You know I'm a longtime Who fan, and Dr. Dr. Baker, Tom Baker will always be my doctor, but I was surprised to realize Matt Smith has become my number two. After the emo ending of Tenant, Matt's takeover was was a much-needed breath of fresh air. He bounced and bumped around like a big puppy. Still, he never played the part exactly the same. Each season, he brought more heft, more weight, more weight for it, gravitas to the role (laughs) the doctor in the cowboy hat at the start of the impossible astronaut is slightly different from the one who meets in the diner after his death you can believe time has passed i loved his relationship with the pawns they were literally his modern family and when they were snatched from him you saw the toll it took amy pond aside from the bona the excuse me, Amy Pond, aside from the bone jumping attempt in her bedroom, to me was God, just that's like still cringing. <laughs> was just like the doctor's little sister. Some of my favorite scenes are when they are just sitting and talking together, like in The Power of Three and The Angels Take Manhattan. Whenever I see the doctor wearing Amy's glasses now, it hit, it gets, it gets me. No son-in-law ever had such a deep relationship with his wife's mom. This was a man I believe once had a wife, kids, and a granddaughter. His romance with River was also great to see develop. The chemistry wasn't there at the start, but once it started to happen, there was a more relaxed give and take between them. Back to Angels in Manhattan. I am sold on River and Doctor as a married couple, getting angry, showing worry and compassion, trying to protect each other. By the name of the Doctor, when they have their so far final kiss... It's a romantic moment I want them to have, and I hated all the Doctor Slash Rose stuff. I'm sure there are people who think he was a silly Doctor because he was so funny, but he could give he could change gears and get serious in a split second. He gave some amazing, passionate speeches full of anger and bravado. He usually stopped short of that angry God self-righteousness. Here's something. Look at the scenes in the anniversary where he's locked up with Tennant and Hurt. He's the youngest actor, but the oldest doctor. 
He stays true to himself, but I believe he's the oldest. He's very aware of where he is and what's going on around him. As soon as they enter the cell, he starts working on scratching out the message to bring help. Even as they start getting sh- shouty, he can, appre- he can appreciate the irony of what's happening. Matt Smith is just a great actor. Matt's legacy should include him being the American doctor, since during his run, the character exploded in popularity, especially here. I think one day, bow ties will sit alongside long scarves as definitive Doctor Who icons. I wish Matt Smith had stayed one more season. I know he had one more in him. But it's better to leave too soon than too late, and I know he won't be all right. He'll be amazing. Thank you very much. Very Scott. well said, yeah. Scott. I agree with everything. You know, it's funny. It feels like such. We've been doing this podcast as long as Matt Smith's been the doctor. Yeah, we started with uh, we started Christmas with Carol. Christmas Carol. Yeah, I was just thinking that the I, other day. It just so, hit me. But, but there was a season before that. There was a season before yeah. that. Oh yeah, because then we went back and caught up. Oh, I suppose that's true. Yeah, yeah. So he's, 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 after he's, 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 he's been he's been longer. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, never mind then. But, but we started this series. We, yeah. started, we started this started podcast, podcast with Matt Smith, right? Yeah. But it, and it, we're going to end the podcast with Matt Smith. I have an announcement <laughs> for next week. No, I'm, I'm not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I've you got Matt. I've, I've, I've got Matt in the wings. He's so ready. What else is he doing? He's so ready. But yeah, just do you think? I mean, we we spend all this time talking about things, and you hear when it's encapsulated. When you take three years and you kind of boil it down to what you know, what they just gave us. Do you think maybe that? God forbid, ten years from now we go back and look at this. Will we still be talking about the Matt Smith era with the same yes sense of you know what okay, what's hitting well. us now? Yep. I just I, I you know. Will it, will, it, will it age? Will it, will it get better with age? Will it be I one of those so. things that will go, wow, we really didn't realize how great we had it with Matt? Or will it be the, wow, the, the, the Stephen Moffat years, they were kind of like, you know, John Nathan Turner Part 2. Because uh, <laughs> now we're in the true golden age of Who Revival. And, you know, I don't know. Oh, that's that bonus feature I watched. Whenever you came to it is the golden age. Whenever you came to Who, that's, the go- that's your golden age. Well, I disagree with that, but. Well, for the most part. A lot of people came to David Tennant in their time, and that's their goal. I, I disagree age. with that because if you look at fifty years as a whole, you can you can set up golden, silver, and modern age. I agree. I'm sorry. Uh, I, guess it I see what they're there, there alluding were, there were, to. People trying but to but overall as, the a, idea as a statement, I don't think it is. It's the idea that it was better back then. Right. Well, people trying to say that uh, you know they came to it in the wilderness years. I, I don't think that anybody would count that as the golden age. Of who? But. Uh, <laughs> Anyway. I think that's the exception. <laughs> exception rather than the rule. The Golden Age of Doctor Who is the movie. <laughs> a lot of people would disagree with that. Yeah, I, 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 I worked hard on a guy. That he, was, he was standing there in front of my end cap, and he had it in his hands like it was some dusty relic that he had never seen before. <clears throat> and so I slid it up. And I was like, you've never seen that one? And I was like, you must see that one. <laughs> I think I creeped him out. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't end up buying it. Oh, he ran, run, went running, screaming from the store. <laughs> I won't watch that one. That guy's too creepy. And then I had to tackle him because he shoplifted. 
Oh, I'm going to watch it. All right. No, he wound up. He wound up buying the 50th anniversary. Um, oh, that's good because too. he hadn't seen that either. And I'm like, oh, dude, you got to watch that. And he went on and on and on about. So it. he bought the 50th anniversary. He bought the 50th he's going to pop in. He's going to go. What's this night? Night of the Doctor. Yeah. He's going to watch it. And he's going to ah. go. Who's this? Who's this Eighth Doctor guy? Huh? I want to know more about him. And he'll come back to the story. And he'll come say, back to the movie. Should have bought the other one, shouldn't you? Like <laughs> here, take it now. Sold. I just, I'm just happy we have moving stuff in the store finally, and it's moving. It's all moving. Good. So. Anyway. Well, thank you, Scott. Thank you, Scott. Up next is Chrissy. She says, it doesn't do turkey. Dear Vortex Boys, this is not any way a dig at what you guys do, but I will say, the only time that your tangents ever bore me is when you guys talk about films that should be Oscar-nominated. Because 95% of the time, those movies are ones that I have no interest in nor intention of seeing. Many I haven't even heard of unless they're sci-fi or an actor from something interested I'm interested in is also in one of the movies. Example, Jennifer Lawrence in Silver Linings Playbook. By no means am I saying you should stop discussing such things because it's something you enjoy. And I'm not the only listener you guys have. And there are probably others who do enjoy it. But I do tend to fast forward through your Oscar banter because nothing I like ever gets nominated and have next to no interest in any of it. I'll gladly sit through discussions of rain gutters and ladders at Home Depot, but the Oscar analysis, not so much. So who's taking home the golden statue this year? Um, Actually, I was going to talk about rain gutters. Um, (laughs) If you really want to keep the leaves out of the gutters at Home Depot earlier, you know what? what, Seriously, no lie. What makes an awesome uh, leaf block for your gutter is an Oscar statuette. You you just cram that thing right down in there, and (laughs) nothing's getting through there, baby. Roll out the red carpet, up the ladder. We've been poking yeah, fun at y'all podcast, Chris, if you hadn't noticed. <laughs> Keith, bizarre indie film is a redundant phrase. All indie films are bizarre. <laughs> I don't agree. I'm trying to come up with an example that's disproven. Uh, and failing misery. I think Garden State's bizarre. No, it's bizarre. I love it, but it's bizarre. Glenn and Bingham. It's bizarre. Yeah. It, it certainly has a on, lower on, level of bizarreness to other films, but it still has that certain level of bizarre. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to work on that, Chris. I'll get back to you. I will find an indie film that's not bizarre. <laughs> uh, she continues, The Time Machine. After finishing this, I want to go back and listen to all the Destiny of the Doctor story. Okay, well, maybe not the space buffalo. <laughs> but now that I know how it all fits together, I kind of see how the overarching arcing plot works. But I also enjoy this one on its own. I like Alice Watson as a companion, and she's a, she'd be a great character for Big Finish to expand on once they get the rights to the 11th Doctor. In 20 or 30 years, when Matt Smith is finally available to come back to play the Doctor on audio. <laughs> Jenna Coleman did a fantastic job narrating the story, and I hope this doesn't sound strange... But I really like her natural accent. It fits her quite well. She must tone it down a little bit when she plays Clara. But I like it but I'd like it if she stuck with it on TV. Anyway, enjoyable story. Great wrap up to this series. As for the eleventh Doctor retrospect, 
I thought I was going to have to really have a really hard time thinking of which episode I thought would be representative of the Doctor's era, barring the time of the Doctor pulling off an upset in a week or so. So I actually settled on the Snowman being the most representative. Some of the major themes in the story of Eleven's era have focused on memory and remembrance, with overtones of fairy tale mythical elements. At the end of Series 5, the Doctor implores Amy Pond to remember him, and she's able to bring him back from beyond the cracks in the universe. In Series 6, River Song creates a paradox to keep herself from killing the Doctor because the, because the universe doesn't agree that the Doctor should go away, in spite of the terrible things he's done. And then you have Series 7, with Clara Oswald, the impossible girl who went back in the, the Doctor's timeline with the when the great intelligence threatened the pa- his past. And I think the essence of that theme comes in at its very best com- comes in at its very best in the snowman with the doctor cutting himself off from the rest of the world but being brought out of his isolation by meeting Clara. She reminds him of who he is and the things he does best, which is something that Vastra Jenny and Strax were unable to do. Over and over again, the companions in this era are asked to remember the Doctor in order to keep him in existence, which is kind of a commentary. Except for Strax, because he touched the memory worm. <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of a commentary on Doctor Who the show. The only reason it survived this long is because fans remembered it and kept it alive, and now fans like RTD and Stephen Moffat and Mark Gatiss and a whole host of others are in a position to keep it going and not just barely surviving, but actually thriving as an entity. Seeing as the Matt Smith era was the era that celebrated 50 years of Doctor Who, I think it's a very appropriate theme to carry through this time. Another thing, another thing, characteristics of Eleven's era, which goes back to the fairy tale mythical overtones, is that scientific explanation is often used to make those fantastical plot elements work. Like snowmen appearing out of nowhere because it's really the great intelligence relying on telepathic fields to create monstrous things out of innocent objects. But what really sells these mythical overtones is the 11th Doctor himself. His personality is, for a lack of better terms, so fairy tale. He keeps the myth going for his companions even when he's spouting off technobabble. It sounds otherworldly and ethereal. When he's explaining it. I I really don't know how to explain it. Maybe it's the whole old man in a young man's body, and he's really keen on keeping secrets. Sort of like a magician playing magic tricks that look like it's actually magic. But he knows the science behind it, but he doesn't want you to see the science, because it would ruin the wonder of it all. That's something I've latched onto and very onto and appreciated in Eleven's era because I love fantasy stories and I love magic and I don't like to have something have everything wondrous explained explained away in a bunch of dry science-y technobabble the Eleventh Doctor struck all those perfect tones for me and it's something that I'm always going to look fondly on even when I'm fangirling all over Peter Capaldi's Capaldi's Twelfth Doctor Plus, Eleven was the doctor that was on TV when I started watching Who, so he's always going to be a favorite of mine anyway. I'll close this up for now. I just got home for Christmas, and the dog wants me to pay attention to her. For some reason, she thinks she's more important than writing feedback. I hope everyone has a safe and merry Christmas, and I hope you all get what you want. 
Well, I know Keith isn't going to get what he wants because I'm sure he wants Matt Smith to stay on as a doctor. And we all know how that's going to turn out. You're going to be surprised, Chrissy. He's going to actually stick around and not regenerate. It's all a big MacGuffin. Keep those tissues handy and we'll either... Wouldn't that just be the ultimate Stephen Moffat? You know, we used to be able to do surprises on the show. Yeah, he's not actually regenerating. He's Surprise! A whole other season. <laughs> Keep those tissues handy, and we'll either commiserate or celebrate on Wednesday night via Twitter or Facebook. Love to you all. Chrissy. We get all kinds of love tonight, aren't we? It's the Christmas time. It's Christmas time. Christmas, it's Christmas time. time is here. Time for joy and time for tears. Because we know Matt's leaving, <laughs> despite what Keith keeps saying. <laughs> I don't have a happy ending to that song. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I was pulling something up. You know why we're getting all sort of love? Why? <coughs> oh, click the lyrics. Sorry, it's loading still. You know my pain now. Well, it's true. Wherever you find love, it feels like Christmas. <laughs> it's another way to actually reference. Uh, no, it's a Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, it is a Muppet Christmas Carol, yeah. Oh, I didn't get to Where enjoy the Muppet Christmas Carol. It feels Carol. like Christmas. What's this? Okay, yeah. It's the Christmas present song. Up next is Holly. Holly writes, Hey, guys. The Last Destiny of the Doctor audio story. Got a lot of references to Alice in Wonderland, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and of course Sherlock Holmes. Also love the Back to the Future reference that got tossed in the mix as well. Um, Shivers? Shivers? Shivers. Shivers is an interesting duck. Ooh, an interesting duck. Almost had me wondering if he wasn't another Time Lord that was hidden just like Professor Yana. I was really wondering toward the end of the story if we were even going to get an explanation for the previous meetings of the 11th Doctor and his previous selves, and that got tied up nicely. Glenn, you weren't the only one that had to go back and re-listen to this one. There was so much going on in the last part where everything gets explained. Well, it does go by a bit quick. The 11th Doctor era. Well, what to say. Hard to believe that Matt Smith's time is ending. Seems like yesterday he was popping out of the crash TARDIS, meeting young Amelia Pond for the first time. Like they say, time flies when you're having fun. He can be quite the big kid and loves to have fun, but when push comes to shove and things get pretty dangerous, you do get flashes of the series Dark Doctor when he gets pushed a bit too far. It's too hard for me to describe or decide which episode really encompasses the 11th Doctor. There are just so many good stories. So I'll wrap it up here. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on the time machine and the 11th Doctor's era. Holly from Wisconsin. <laughs> Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Holly. Well, what are we going to do first? <coughs> time well, machine? I think we should do time machine first since we're going to... I think we should do the revisited. Wrap up the re- retrospective. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't talked about the revisited. Yes, we have. No, we haven't. Yes, we have. No, we haven't. Yeah. No, it's on the schedule for this week. It really is part of the show. No, we've done I am <laughs> not making this up. We mentioned it last week that we had to talk about it this week. No, we talked about, about it last we week. We did talk about it last week. Um, no. <laughs> Pull it up. You we got talked to? about it last week. We did week. not. Yes, we did, Sean. The article, yeah. Or the, the, yeah. We talk about our impressions on this last installment to the BBC America series, looking back on the doctors, all the doctors thus far. 
It's, really? in the sh- it's in the show notes. Yeah. We talked about Dr. I thought Ripley. you were joking with him. And that's <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I was laughing, because I thought you were just messing with Glenn. Apparently I'm having a senior moment. Okay, well. Stroke. <laughs> Normally we do it the same time, but... I thought we had it on the schedule for this week. Nope. Huh. <laughs> oh, like, wow, Sean. Did I like it? <laughs> did you watch it again? Is that why you didn't? <laughs> uh, did I like it? <laughs> yeah, yes, you did. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You, you, you had favorable things on it. That you enjoyed it. And really? You don't remember? Wow. It's retail. Wow. All of Bloody, huh? Brenda, see what you have to look forward to. <laughs> the good news is all we're talking about next week is the Christmas special, so you won't have oh, good. anything else no, to worry homework? <laughs> Nothing else to worry about. I'll show up next week. I read War and Peace. What did you guys do? <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Let's talk Tolstoy. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the, the time, uh, machine. time machine. Hold on. I got a synopsis. No. Yes, I do. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. 23rd, November 2013. In an Oxford <coughs> laboratory, graduate Alice Watson helps Professor Chivers assemble, assemble the final pieces of an impossible machine. A time machine. <laughs> That's your synopsis. That's the short synopsis, yes. Okay. That's the first paragraph of the publisher's synopsis. That's my synopsis. Yay. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, oh, cool. dun, dun. I enjoyed just a, just a dun, dun, dun. I enjoyed it. It was enjoyable. Uh, really, it's 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 an interesting idea and story that, unfortunately, I think only makes sense because of the entire plot pulling everything together. <coughs> and I think that's what I like best about it is because as this trucked along, it really didn't feel like it was going anywhere. Yeah. And I kind of like the whole... I mean, it, Which? The time machine or the entire the time destiny machine, of the Doctor? Until, the time machine. It isn't until all hope is lost, and unfortunately we have to spoil it for you. It isn't until an all, forward, all hope is lost, and you really feel like wow, we're in a bind. But I knew something had to work things out to wrap it up because well, yeah, we've been not, sticking we're, with we're, this we're, we're not going to live in a world but where the to be quite honest with you getting over. most of the way through this thing and not having any callback to what we've been doing before I got a little concerned um, but I, I think the, the setup story is very enjoyable I absolutely loved Jenna Coleman reading this I think she She's did a fantastic a job, job as Alice or reading for Alice Watson that was the interesting thing about this is it's not Clara Who's yeah. a companion in it? It's Alice Watson. It's set before he meets Clara. Yeah, and so I really enjoyed that. Um, I thought uh, the character was really intriguing. I like the idea of a character that's completely grounded in reality. Has never read any sort of literature. <laughs> that, that, has never read any sort of it's, fantasy. It's a cool idea. But knows very little about movies. Um, it is a little it hard takes a bit to. Of it step is too far. Yeah, it not is a knowing little, any story. Yeah, because yet. even just even just going through and never seeing the movies. Some of the big ones, the iconic ones, you at least pick up pop culture references to them. So that was yeah. a bit weird, especially the Back to the Future one. Um, but I, I did like some of the references, as Holly pointed out, um, to a lot of the, the culture and media. 
Um, but the first, really, two-thirds of the story was just kind of, I was going along, and I I didn't feel like I was lost until towards the end when I felt like it, we were wrapping things up, and I, I was like, we really haven't gone anywhere with this. Um, but then the wrap-up, and I had to go, actually, when I listened to the, the, the reference back, and I love the fact that we used the the cube, the communication as cube. As soon as that, that, that got referenced to, a, and the doctor realizes what it was, I knew... Oh wait! Now that's going to be our vehicle. Yeah. 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 Um, so I love the fact that they, they we use that, and I, I, I think they I think they did a nice job. Again, I, I listened to it once, and it had been so long since I'd heard a lot of these that well, I just couldn't. I was I could remember vague references to them, so things were familiar throughout it. But it was happening so fast; it was yeah. going so fast. And, and and Jenna Coleman does a fantastic job as the doctor. I think she's mm-hmm. got the cadence and the pacing and everything down. She knows Matt. And so when they when you're, she's, when they're putting this all together, I, I it just it, it flies by so fast that I had to actually go back and listen to it again to make sure <laughs> that I got everything and that they covered everything because there were some things that I, I thought got lost in the mix the first time. And when I went back... Some, some weren't clear until I read it on TARDIS with you. Well, that was the thing is when I went back, they were a little more clear the second time because oh, okay. I wasn't having to focus on everything. I was then now focusing, okay, so I remember that, I remember that. Oh, yeah, that's right. This is where this happened. So I was able to focus on the things I missed the first time a little harder and were able to print. And then, yeah, after you told me about the wiki, I went back just before the show and was, was flipping through everything, and it really connects really well. Yeah, it really there does. Well, so. Um, so I commend them for being able to use that pot, plot thread and kind of bring it if, all back. And, yeah, yeah, bring it all back. Now, it does feel rushed, and it does feel like an info dump moment. It's which like, I think could have been handled better. Yeah. I would have liked this story to pace along and have those things realized as we went. However, you or, couldn't have had such an epic doom doomsday device. You couldn't have had an epic um, moment that I mean, the, the, this was universe. This was time in peril, and you ha- they had to push it that far in order to make it a very impactful eleventh story in this series. And so the way that they devised it, I don't think you could have done it in any other way. However, I would have liked it. I don't think it could have been done much much different than the way they did to kind of wrap everything up and, and show you how all of this came together so that uh, he could thwart the uh, crevice. Is that what they were called? Crivix. Crivix. Um, but I thought this was a, a – um, considering we've had so many ups and downs with this series – I think this was this, this a, was a good finish, good finish for for this storyline, and really done. And I was quite concerned where they were going to go with this from the finish? beginning, from the very beginning. I was very concerned where they were going to go with this, and I think they they wrapped it up nicely. So that's that's how I felt. I, th- I think part of why for me, I had so much trouble with it was <clears throat> I didn't refresh myself on any of the previous stories, and completely forgot about the character of Cedric. Oh well, see. From that, that from from February, it wasn't until I was like, wait, that name sounds familiar. What? It oh. wasn't until he mentioned the it, times like, are yeah. a changing that I my brain started going. Burr. Okay, I remember that. I remember. Oh, this is this guy. That's so even, why. Even when I went up, I, I read the description of who he was, and I was like, oh, I kind of remember that. Oh, 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 okay. And then as it went on further and explained more, well, I realized the, the who Dylan was. the Dylan reference was the best way. To hook you on that one because it was going to be so long since you they, they needed something super familiar and yeah. that, that was very well done I thought. I liked 
I don't remember what I was going to say now at this point. <laughs> Sean? You didn't get to finish it. Um, I, well, I suffered from kind of the same problem, I think. As, as I was listening to it, there were things that were... It, it sped along almost too quickly, and there were things that I wasn't quite catching, and I found myself backing it up and re-listening to parts, trying to make sure that I was following where this thread was going, and got all the way up. I've got about ten minutes left to go, um, so it was right at the start of the info dump and explaining how all this ties in that I've, I've trailed off on. Um, and... I think what was smart with the info dump is t- to let you know, hey, this is starting yeah, now. Yeah, it's the start telegraph. with yeah. the, uh, the ex- uh, mention of Ian being the mm. teacher. And that's where it starts. Right, and that right. was the smartest thing because you hear that name and you instantly perk up. Okay, here, oh, wait, hold, we're going back. Wait, yeah. <laughs> we're going back. We're going all the way back. Now, so I that, thought that, that there was going to be more importance to, in fact, I thought there was going to be more connection to a lot of the companions. Oh, but when yeah. they when they do that, because I mean, Ian wasn't uh, important for that first story they did, no. other than connecting us to that day. Yeah, so uh, that worked real well. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I could just. I think the problem with it that I've got is, is kind of what you said is that it does. It's not a standalone story. There's absolutely nothing in the the 11th Doctor installment of this that really works as a standalone because it is so keystone integral to the rest of the to, to the to the rest to of the structure. Previously, now, admittedly, we knew that going into it right, because right. the 11th Doctor shows up in all of the other adventures, uh, you know, in some way, shape, or form, giving that message. <clears throat> um, but it it, it just it, it very much feels like one that even when I have finished it. I'm going to need to go back and re-listen to it to make sure that I got it. And maybe, maybe it's maybe it's just that dense that there's a lot of material to get through with the way it's tied together. Um, the Krivix, honestly, I was a little disappointed so far in them as a villain. They're just kind of this monstrous thing. They're just the bad guys, and they haven't really that's, that's impressed the thing, me yet. Though, but is they just had to be the bad guys. That's all they. That's, yeah, that's all that, they needed in yeah. this, and. I mean, they're not space buffaloes. No. Here's the thing with the crevices. <laughs> that would have been disappointing. They are, they are locusts. <laughs> He's really the big bad of the... They're, they're, they're just yeah. locusts. They True. are feeding on they're time. Liter- they're literally anthropomorphized locusts. Yeah, exactly. And so I was fine with the fact that there wasn't a lot of um, character or buildup or backstory with them because it, I didn't feel that there needed to be mm-hmm. because they served the purpose for this story. Now, I might have thought of that had we not had this... Okay, we've got to connect this all together and make it important. I might have felt that because, like I say, the first two thirds of the story is just, it just kind of goes along and doesn't really do anything. Uh, it, Although I think it starts off with a brilliant <clears throat> premise with it does. with, with uh, uh, Professor Chivers and send him back his information so that he can create this time and then machine. The fact that he has to then send it back in order to create it to begin with. Right. So he has he to has to cause the loop. Con- yeah. yeah, that's a very cool idea. The cause and effect. That Realize that really well, I think, yeah. and I and I think that that works for this story. That, as well, that gets so. you interested yeah. to get to it peaks, it peaks your interest. Yeah. But in doing that, he's creating <clears throat> that paradox that the crevice are uh, basically feeding off of or using yeah. as their tool. Yeah, was it Chrissy or Holly who mentioned the professor or the professor feeling like he could have been another Yana? 
Was it, wasn't it Hollywood? Uh, yeah. Um, it was Hollywood, wasn't it? I, 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 thought, I thought so, too. I thought actually. of the professor from Shada more than... I got that, too. Oh, Kronos. Yeah, Kronos. I, thought, I thought more of Kronos, of, oh, this guy's really... He, he's just Kronosis. pretending to be a... No, Kronosis. Yeah, Kronosis sounds right. Kronotis. Kronotis. Professor Kronotis. Kronos was the monster in the Time Monster yeah. in Atlantis. Kronotis. Professor Kronotis. That still doesn't sound right, though. Keith will look I'm it looking up. it up right now. Hold <laughs> on. Does. We can count on Keith, Keith to look Keith it up. Keith will look it up. But no, I kind of... Well, and I think because it was set at Cambridge, Kronos. and then we get, we get the Kronos. joke okay. uh, uh, about the porter, and he says, oh, saving the world again, Doctor, oh, saving the whole universe this time. And we get the joke that we've yeah, we've, we've been, been here before, <laughs> you know. That was so. a neat little nod, I thought, yeah. too. I was like, oh, hey, that's cool. So I didn't know how much of it was... Shotter related just because it was set at Cambridge versus maybe that's why I just automatically made the connection to Shotter, but I never even thought again. Well, that could be because that is in there. Yeah, so <laughs> would have been nice to have Granada show up, but <laughs> I'm sure there's probably a uh, whole team of lawyers mm-hmm. standing by preventing that from happening. <laughs> There's a uh, just reading through the wiki. There's a lot in this. There really is. more the, so than any other. It, it really does work. The, 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 it, so. And it, it, and even the littlest things. But like, don't read through the wiki. Don't require don't, don't, a wiki. Don't don't, don't don't spoil yourself. Well, just the, the, that and don't. I mean, let's not use wiki for this don't, show. Don't, Anybody don't can go to wiki. It. Yeah. <laughs> this is our impressions. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I just regard regarding how all of these threads fit together into this one, and how all of these pieces from all the previous one. I mean, there's well, stuff and, here that thinking, I, I, there's stuff here that I had gotten to this point in the story, and I didn't get this. Oh, I see. So I that, that's what see, I'm trying to say. That's what helped going me going back and listening to just the end the second time. Is like I said, I, I'm with Chrissy. I need to go back. In fact, I kind of want to now go back and listen to the entire series again, close together, Buffalo. even Space Buffalo. <laughs> well, because Space Buffalo, the story at least, is very important for yes, creating that paradoxical point in that point, so that Six's that's TARDIS right. can. That's why Six's TARDIS disappeared because it came here to it came forward to rescue the Doctor to bring him back to five minutes before he's telling the story, so that he could walk in and tell this story. <laughs> That was very cool. <laughs> I really liked that. Now, did it make space, space Buffalo better? No. But did it make the whole <laughs> overall story of that story make better? Yes. I was. I can appreciate the Six Doctors part in this now as well. So, Which in some parts were very small, like they were stretching to try to make it connect, well, like I the Ninth Doctor's one. I agree. And I think that you the, have to, The Tenth Doctor one I thought was really cool. Yes. Of, oh, these two are the parents to... This time agents. Oh wow! Yeah, that's yeah. really neat. Yeah, which is fine because I mean, with something this large, it's going to be really hard. So even just subtle connections worked for me in this, and so I, I'm glad that they 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 approached it in such a way that they didn't make everything really like pow pow yeah. pow. I mean, it would have been nice to have that, but even the subtle connections really worked well for me. Somebody sat down and because when you do something like this, if you don't outline it from A to B, somebody had to plan yeah, it. Yeah, A to Z. Yeah, it, it's going to fall apart. To be quite honest with you, though, when you come, when you embark on a project this big, there's going to be and you you involve so many different writers, the outline can't be 
complex because when the outline becomes complex, then there's no need to bring these writers in because you just write it they all don't yourself. exactly. Yeah. Well, they don't. There's no read for them reason for them to have the creativity and come up with their own ideas. Mm-hmm. So what I appreciate from who wrote this one? This was Mark Platt. This one was uh, Matt Fitton. Matt Fitton. So what I appreciate from Matt Fitton in this one is that he was able to go back and find those connections, even though there was probably the outline built, but to be able to kind of then make it coherent and make sense, even though it takes you twice to listen to it, um, to make it work within the story. It really ends up being a great finale for this piece. Yeah, it does. I, 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 I can't say anything bad about it other than it just... Obviously, feels like the info dump moment, but this is one of those times where the info dump no- moment is just really kind of necessary because we got to do it. So I was accepting of it, and I liked it. I liked it a lot. Anything else? I don't think so. Sean, finish it and I, I listen will, to it again. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I'll immediately you. go back and refinish <laughs> it. Me. Although now having looked at now your wiki and being able to uh, connect it in your mind might help. Yeah, as well being able with well and. Not so much the timey-wimey nature of it, but just the way this is laid out with this capstone piece. Right, I almost right. think having that roadmap in advance. Yeah. Would have, this would have been a wonderful... Big finish, note to self. This would have been a wonderful one to have the previously in the Destiny of the Doctor series. <laughs> just maybe to hit some of those highlights yeah, before yeah. you get into this. I was going to say, Big Finish could learn from this, although you can't you can't fault Big Finish for this at all, because all they did was help with the audience. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah no, I was, but just, yeah, just, just note to self. But before, yes. Because now that we know that certain of the or ones that we've other. listened to have ten sequels in three different series, that was like, oh man. <laughs> I hope How there's a reconnect. <laughs> All but, right. Uh, well, should yeah, we not, not, not as high up on the list for me as say Babel Sphere or uh, or uh, the Second Doctor story, but I, it's still it's I, been I an refuse, enjoyable listen. So I far. refuse to rank this one because of what it is, because of what it needed to be. I refuse to put it up against anything else because I this. Agree. Wasn't this was like a comparing- Doctor Who story? This was a we. This is the capstone on the on the entire thing, and could never you could never bring yourself to this one and listen to it, and then go that was a good story or not without having listened to anything right. else. Well, this, so this is like comparing this is the eleventh comic, the two twelve comic, yeah, eleven or twelve, to any of the previous ones because well, eleven yeah. is all about getting to. Adam. Getting to the setup, yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's it's all it's like well, it's, it's, it's the first one of a two of the capstone. Yeah, yeah. This, this, yeah. this is the this is the framework story for Trial of the Time Lord or Key to Time. It's all of the other stuff as opposed right. to yeah. the, right. the that's, adventure that's stuff. That's exactly right. So. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to finishing it, and uh, yeah, once again, I'm the one that fell down on. You've had a sick household. So. I've had a sick household. Yeah. Uh, you, you would have thought that would have led to more time. But. <laughs> I'm looking forward You're to finishing it. You're too busy taking pills to make sure you don't get sick. Yeah. Vitamin C. <laughs> so, the 11th Doctor's Era. <coughs> well, first of all, let's uh, talk about the, the poll. The poll. With a whopping four votes, we got a tie for two different episodes. So, it's eight votes. Eight votes. Total. And you said we didn't get any people voting in this poll. We got 21 people voting. 21, 21 votes on this poll. Mr. Guess who didn't vote in this one? You. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I did. I think I let Sarah vote. What would you have voted for? I'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> that's a really tough decision. <laughs> a really tough decision. All of them. I, I, didn't, I wasn't boycotting the poll, by the way. I just forgot. 
<laughs> Just because it wasn't on the side rail constantly reminding you. No. I was so glad you put this in the actual post. That was so much better. So, t- coming in tie for first place, the Pandorica opens Big Bang, and a good man goes to war. Coming in second place, a tie, <laughs> with two votes apiece, Name of the Doctor, and the Impossible Astronaut Day of the Moon. Oh, I'm sorry, there's a four-way tri- tie for second. Yeah. Also including Vincent and the Doctor. I don't think you have to go down through all of these. If you just want to really kind of song. wrap it up real quick there, I think that'd help. That's it. Yeah. Others got voted for, and but they only won vote, so. Right. So, so what do you tie. guys think? What's the uh, definitive Matt Smith episode? Well, I, I think it's interesting that the poll indicates how split our listeners are on a very small handful of episodes that... that these are the ones that everybody kind of went, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that... Well, what's uh, surprising? 11th Hour didn't... 11th rank. Hour didn't get a vote? Yeah, I would have thought for sure that one probably would have gone a little Neither higher. Neither did The Doctor's Wife, which, most pe- which a lot of people consider one of the best episodes of Who, period. But we asked Indicative well, of the Year. Well, yeah, right. indicative, indicative of the Year, yeah. I think this is a very tough call um, between Pandora Opens... Vincent and the Doctor and the God Complex. I think the God Complex has a lot of that dealing with dark issues and ideas that oh, the Eleventh Doctor does that a lot of people don't maybe not re- recognize. Kind of like what Scott was talking about. While he it has a lot of those, he's being funny and witty, and then on a dime turning in God Complex. So I think that's a, that's a very good example. As is Pandora opens in Big Bang. I mean, all of these are great examples of what he does with his Doctor, what the sh- what the writing is doing with the show, and the direction they're going with it. Um, Vincent also, because there's that tragedy of what's going on with Vincent, and then there's a silly kind of monster going on. So it's, instead of the monster being the threat, it's reality being the threat, and that the heartfeltness, along with the humor, that melds so perfectly in this era. So you've picked three? I picked three. (laughs) I think I went with four, somehow. (laughs) Stories, though. Yeah, so there's... yeah. One for each season. No, that's not even true. <laughs> that's not even true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All the episodes. Even All the fields. Victory the, the I knew you were going to have a hard time peeling this down, pinning this one down. <laughs> Glenn? Uh, I went with The Beast Below, believe it or not. Second really? story in. Wow. I really did mull this over, and I kept going to everything, and I kept saying, every this, this era is really even as far as the doctor goes i think the doctor is played very even you you know who this man is from every story i think i went with the beast below mostly because of the you see everything that the doctor is going to be for the rest of the series and we get a glimpse of that in the 11th hour this one really tells you who he is and he is a a man who's compassionate about kids and he recognizes the things that aren't so obvious to everyone else this is a man who is a lot of fun, and you can tell he's having a grand time with where he is and what he's doing and what's happening. This is a man who enjoys Amy's company. He's just met this woman, and he thoroughly seems to enjoy what she brings to 
this adventure. But then he turns around, and this is the man who is the is completely tore down and 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 just heartbroken at what has been done to this this whale that we're riding on, what humanity can be, and that he's the only one that can really take charge and change things. And then also then realizes that Amy has a lot more value to her in the end than she. Than, than he even gave, than even he gave him credit for, it. and so I think all of those different aspects of this character, just in this one little encapsulated um, show, showed me. I didn't know it until I saw, saw everything, but it showed me everything I needed to know about what this doctor was going to be like. And so I think that that that's my best representative episode of uh, the Eleventh Doctor. That's a very good argument. That's a very good argument for me for that one. All the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I voted the party line. Uh, I didn't know it was the party line at the time. I threw my vote in the thing, but uh, I, w- I went with "Good Man Goes to War," and I, I struggled with it because my initial thought was that, "Oh, you're just going with it because it's, you know, it's such a great episode." And it's like, no, I I, I really wanted to make it. You know, be, I I think you look at a good man goes to war, and you again you talk about the different aspects. You get the doctor who's who being very clever. With his plan, and he, he he loves how clever he is. He's a little arrogant about how clever he is. Um, you get the 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 touch of the um, overbearing doctor, you know, with, with uh, Colonel Runaway, and and how condescending he can be. But then you get the dedicated doctor that he is going to go to any lengths to rescue Amy. Period. That we are going to get her out of yeah. there. You get the doctor who likes to have a gang. You know that he he, he is. Almost to the point where I've kind of always felt like you know that we, we, we've talked about the doctor needs the companionship in order to kind of keep himself balanced. And I'm totally retconning this after the fiftieth, but based on the fact that they're 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 so willing for him to kind of be able to forget and 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 push that as far away from himself as he possibly can get. I'm almost wondering now if he feels the need as in the eleventh, you know, era that we've had multiple companions that it wasn't. Well, yeah, there, it there's rarely there's only a small stretch where it's just Amy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or even Clara. I mean, yeah. it's we we've had episodes now where we we get the Paternoster gang, we get the the the, the dinosaurs on a spaceship group, we get that he he's it's it's one companion isn't enough to keep him balanced anymore. He almost needs more people than that. So we kind of get that element of it in there. Um, you get a little more of the development of the relationship with him and River and kind of the reminder, did you think you would be this when you went out, when you set off all those years ago and kind of hearkening back to, to, to his core. So there's a lot in Good Man that I think sums up the doctor, but I think there's a lot in it that also fits in with the era because it does have the, the, the kind of fairy tale um, going on to it. it. It has the... Um, the prophecies and the the overarching story bits and the you know it, it it hits a lot of those notes that you run through with it and I agree with you, Glenn. I, this this era in general is so even that realistically, I think any of these episodes that we've mentioned mm-hmm. would would be mm-hmm. you could totally say yeah that's t- that's totally it. I don't think there's one that you can pull aside and say this is more. Than, than than the rest of them. Yeah. Even the low points in the era are still pretty high, at least in my opinion. Of course, I'm biased. <laughs> Victory of the Daleks. 
Curse of the Black Spot. Still not as low. Still not. You go back and rewatch we these all have episodes. Our turkey, turkey. <laughs> <laughs> we, we all have our invisible chickens. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just um, and I, I think that I think that's the credit that I mean when when you go back and you look at how we've discussed things like the RTD years. If you go back and listen to that podcast, and we talked about you know breaking up into some of the seasons that we thought well this season overall was pretty good even though it had some of the really really low points or this season had this. I don't think you can say that about the, the the Matt Smith era. It's I, hard I, to pick the turkeys. It's the, hard the, to pick the. Oh, it really is. Yeah. There really aren't many. Yeah, even even the ones that you didn't think that you. I, I I did not think when when I saw the preview for Beast Below, I kind of went, ugh, yeah, that just doesn't look. I never expected to get hooked into it. I yeah, I I totally would not. And it is it is such a gem of an episode. You look at the one even even Vampires of Venice has those moments that make it a worthwhile story because of the character development of Rory or because yeah. of the mm-hmm. there's something in there. That you, I mean, in fact, the, all of the characters, especially the Team TARDIS, really is what makes those those episodes shine. Because even if the premise is bad, or we don't like the villains, or we don't, they are always so good. Those three are such a good team, and and, and so. And even when they start off and they're trying to find their footing, it's enjoyable. Still sign enjoyable them. seeing yeah. them build that. Yeah, yeah. build that. Team. Yeah. And the the, the only complaint even that I could have come up with about the era is the Clara stuff that I just I wish that had been allowed to percolate a little bit more as opposed to being shoehorned into the shortened season. Yeah. And I, I almost feel like Amy and Rory, because we had grown so attached to them that their story kind of spilled over into season seven. Yeah. And yeah. we had this extended goodbye. Yeah. I think that's indeed that. true, and I, and and I think Clara's character gets shorted by that, and Amy well, and Royer's characters kind of get—I don't want to say—pushed too far because of that, because they don't feel like they were, but it just feels like maybe they might have almost overstayed their welcome a little bit. Because yeah. when you're preparing for them to leave, and we've already done episodes where we've kind of... Where we've dropped them off. Yeah, exactly. We've kind of settled you know, that, and and then to bring them back, it's like, uh, okay, well, it was fine. It was good, and there's some great episodes, but I, I completely agree with I, what, I you're, what yeah. you're saying there. That, that well, I, I wish there was more. Clara and makes it too rushed. What, was it Dan that commented about how good... I think it was Dan... Uh, when he wrote in on how good she was in the 50th, that we didn't have that impending sense of the impossible role mm-hmm. hanging over yeah. her, and she yeah. was just allowed to be a companion. That's true. And it showed what, you know, what we can look forward to. Yeah. That's that, that, is that she's going to be this this, this level, this caliber. Um, well, I, it, they had, her and Matt have such great chemistry together, just the two of them. I can yeah. tell that I wish we got more of the two of them together. Well, that's the thing with Matt, though. And I, I go back. He, 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 I, he's such a good actor that he has good chemistry with everybody. I, watching him interact with children. And we've all said, wouldn't it be great if the doctor had a, you know, and, and, and of course, Doctor in the, in the Wardrobe was our, our, our Christmas offering. It, yeah. And, yeah, I'm ready to sign these kids up. I mean, with, with the exception of the kids that Claire was babysitting. Um, those would <laughs> but he was even good with them. He was even though they them. were annoying as heck, or yeah. at least the girl was. You're stupid. His interactions with them were still priceless. Yeah. And, and you can tell that, so. 
And it's, this is the doctor that lets it, let us know he speaks baby. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, come on. Mm-hmm. And horse. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he 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 swung the gambit so much from from being the the goofy, silly, awkward, all elbows <laughs> kind of caricature mm-hmm. of a, of a person mm-hmm. to these really deep, quiet moments where it's just him and Amy, and they're having a very quiet discussion about nothing that turns out to be something important um, to the action hero who, you know. Is, is is leaping headlong into danger to the silly hero who's leaping headlong down a chimney. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Are you okay? I'm not ready for it's next week. It's going to be a mess next week. It's going to be rough. All right. Well, since it's a- Christmas week, let's wrap it up early so we can all be rested for next week when we're uh, gushing rested. and crying. Rested? I'm and- going to be crying for five days. <laughs> well, you're going to need your energy. <laughs> What do we got coming up on the schedule, Sean? Well, um, this week for Friday Besides night Black, Wednesday. <laughs> Black Wednesday. <laughs> Death Day. We're going to come back. We're going to come day here Sunday, and Keith's going to have a black armband. <laughs> the day the show dies. He's going to look like Mrs. Kittner in Jaws. He's going to have the veil and the whole thing. <laughs> and he's going to walk in and look at you and slap you in the face for introducing him to this show. <laughs> Both of you. <laughs> what did I do? Yeah. You're just as guilty. I'm more so because I was egging him on like yeah we should get Keith on this um, well obviously Christmas uh, is Wednesday it's the big 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 day with um, time of the doctor Doctor. did you correct that on the, on the schedule I did or you did after it was, he, he set it up but I, after, after, I just because I got to it sooner after Dan was kind enough to point out to us um, you did it wrong thanks Dan uh, you know what happened is he was putting those up we were debating whether to put day of the doctor up and as he was doing, this is partially my fault. I'll take blame for that. Yeah, as he was putting the it I together, put I said the, the one you can't put on there is Time of the Doctor because as, we haven't seen it yet. And I'm sure he was typing it at the same time. Because after Dan's message came in, I went, "Oh, I know exactly what happened." I said Time of the Doctor at the time that we were talking about Time of the Doctor when he was entering Day of the Doctor. So, well, and, and then I got on there. I'm like, "Wait, but." He'd already changed it. Yeah, so he was confused at that <laughs> point like, because he didn't show the edit. Time I was when so. I saw, when I when I saw Dan's comment, I was like, oh, and I went and looked. I was like, we're right. I don't know what he's, <laughs> I don't know what he's going on about. Hey, when somebody calls something out, I make sure we get on it. <laughs> um, well, look, you were off that day, so I, I didn't think you'd get on it. No, I was I was off and up. <laughs> What's but, the difference? Uh, I was sleeping in. So I was um, um, Christmas. Yeah. Um, and we haven't quite figured out our Black Christmas. Black Christmas. We haven't quite figured out our, our viewing strategy. S- strategy. Um, I suspect it'll be a yeah, everybody's on your own for catching it, and then we'll reconvene later I'm in the week. Not comfortable feeling or weeping in public like that. Uh, yeah, but you better watch it with somebody moment. so that well, you're Sarah not will on be suicide. There to watch. Cry with me. <laughs> You'll be on suicide watch. Sarah will be there to cry with me. <laughs> And you and I still need to determine what his new rank is going to be. Oh, yeah, we do, don't we? For next week. Assuming no he makes it. Amateur, I may not survive. <laughs> he, he may not survive, and we, we will be auditioning a, a replacement next week on the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, to welcome, enough of the sad, to welcome Peter Capaldi to the, uh, to the fold, um, we will be watching uh, Fires of Pompeii uh, for Friday Night Who this week. And um, then our show uh, next week will be 
a mess discussing <laughs> the Christmas special and the implications. I'm looking at the silver lining. Did they wrap everything Peter up? Peter Capaldi's coming. Peter Capaldi's coming. <laughs> I'm very excited for Peter Capaldi. I really I'm am. So Two excited. minutes. I'm, I'm so, so excited for Peter Capaldi. That's what's going to be tough about next week. <laughs> For me, is I will be extremely sad that Matt's going. Don't let me underplay that. However, I'm also equally excited that Peter Capaldi's going to be there, and he's going to show up for his two minutes, and then I'm going to have to wait nearly an entire year, <laughs> at the very least eight months, in order to oh, get some satisfaction. The, the, the reaction that we got off of just his eyes. Mm. When the whole mm. thing shows up, what's mm. he going to be like? Oh, I know. You know? Glenn will be sitting there through the whole thing going, hurry up and die, Matt. Hurry up and die. <laughs> <laughs> up and die. I, it's, this it's is funny. why I'm not going to watch Oh, it there's a Dalek. Maybe he'll get shot. It's funny that I almost counter Keith as far as the <laughs> excitement versus the <coughs> tragedy of the, of the thing. Yeah, I, I really I, am usual, sad As usual, I kind of ride the middle between the two of them. <laughs> I am sad to see Matt go. But, um, so, yeah, we'll be discussing the Christmas special ad nauseum at length next week in our show. Um and then uh, that takes us into next year, which I should probably uh, post some scheduling. Yeah, what are we um, doing the week after that? I don't remember. I'm trying to look past Christmas. <laughs> You're not going to be able to look past Christmas. It's just all Christmas. Um, That's I, why I'm doing all my Christmas stuff before <laughs> the episode airs here I, in the I, I did drop a hint. Uh, if, if you were looking for, uh, you know, if you're thinking that you may need to make some purchases to, to keep going with us on our Friday Night Who schedule, uh, you would definitely want to look into maybe picking up the uh, East Base Trilogy. Because uh, we will be doing that in January with Tom Baker and uh, knocking out those. And there will be a lot, not a lot, but a significant chunk of big finish that's coming up. Because um, we've got at least eight months of wilderness to get through. I'm still powering ahead. <laughs> with Paul McGann stuff, anyway. Well, there's going to be some, some Paul on the schedule, too, because we, we, we wanted to do that. So. Good, good, good. But I, I will have a, a schedule update for you this week. A Christmas update. Christmas. A Christmas update. Sean's gift to you. My gift to you. <laughs> go spend money on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those gift cards you got for Christmas. Here you go. <laughs> there you go. You looking for something to buy? Here you go. So. All right. Well, I don't remember what I did last week. I can't believe you expect me to know what's going on next week. <laughs> if that's going to do it for this week, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. And I'm Keith. Cheers. Merry Christmas, Mahana Kwanzaa. And you don't know what to do. An all-inclusive celebration. No contractual obligation. Happy Christmas, Mahana Kwanzaa to you. And pagans, too. In some ways, we're all monkeys. Well, mainly just a smidgen. I'm a Scientologist. That's kind of a religion. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. No commitments means I'm proud to go both ways.